Craven, it's serial. Open up, I need to talk to you. <laughs> I can see you through the reverse speed power. Yo. Look at this. Huh? Svetlana says she find it in the laundry room, but I think it is a gift from that postman agitator. Where is it? No, relax, Sylvia. No, that's it. You're both out of the building. Oh, come on. Hey, Newman didn't even give her that. Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And welcome to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. We're a Seinfeld podcast out of Melbourne, Australia. And each week we take a random Seinfeld episode and examine the secondary characters from it. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen. And I'm the other host, Ivan. And this is our 149th episode. Next week is our big 150. Yeah. Uh, another little anniversary under the belt. Yeah, nice. Absolutely. And uh, this week we are doing the reverse peephole from season nine. I'd probably say, Stephen, one of my more uh, favorite season nine episodes. Yeah. I forgot a lot about this episode, but uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely a good one. There's definitely a lot of things like Joe Mayo and the fur coat and all that stuff. Things which I knew that were in season nine, and even the eight ball jacket from Putty right at the end. Things which I remembered in Seinfeld, but I didn't remember which episode it was, and uh, this was the one. Yeah, this is the same for me, like one of those episodes where I remembered a lot of individual things, but I didn't realize that they were all from this episode. Yeah, and also uh, one of your favorite curmudgeon old dudes, I'm sure Silvio... uh, will uh, rate pretty highly for you. I do like Silvio. Yeah, you do. He definitely fits into your uh, main category yeah. of characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he's great. <laughs> Indeed. And uh, we are also going to talk about Joe Mayo, of course, uh, a bit about Silvio, uh, Jerry's episode girlfriend, Kerry, and uh, that's all I have notes on. How about you, buddy? Anyone else? Uh, yeah, that's all I have. Um, I've got one or two notes on David Putty. We did a What's the Deal with episode way back when with Stacey. Uh, so if you want to hear us talk about David Putty in detail, I think it's our longest episode to date. It went for nearly an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, go back. I don't remember what episode it is, but you'll find it in our feed uh, if you just scroll down. And if you want to talk about David Putty or any other secondary character, or if you just want to say hello to us, you can shoot us an email, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com is that address. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. And we are on Patreon, Stephen. Yeah, so for as little as $2 a month, you can get early access to our episodes as well as all the other bonus content that we've done we've done movie reviews we are reviewing cobra enthusiasm episode by episode season one is available in the normal feed as well uh we're almost at the end of season two we've just finished recording season uh two episode eight shack which was pretty cool yeah and we will soon be recording season 11 as of next week we're going to start that and uh, that'll be available to you soon absolutely see uh, season 11 episode one and two uh will go up on Patreon right away, back to back to start off, and it will be a Patreon exclusive podcast, like you said. That's right. So uh, last about a year and year and a half ago, we wrote and recorded ten episodes for a fictional season ten that we made up, and uh, we've decided to do that again for season eleven. So a lot's happened in the last year and a half, and a lot of ideas have come through our brains and made it onto the screen. I was going to say paper, but uh, you know, <laughs> same screen. thing. Yeah, the so, modern day paper. Yeah. So uh, if you are interested in our fantastical Seinfeld ideas. Uh, head to patreon.com uh, forward slash peoplebask and check it out. Yes, and big thanks to our current patrons, Tim, Holly, Nakia, Jeff, Kelly, Greg, and Neil, and our latest subscriber for $2 a month, Dan. And uh, with Neil, he's actually uh, originally pledged $10 US a month to us. He's increased it to $20 US.
US dollars a month. So now we can buy lunch and dinner a couple of times. Yeah, no, you so, you paid my rent. Thanks, man. <laughs> so yeah, you paid my rent. Boxes, cardboard boxes under under train lines aren't cheap, you know. Oh, absolutely, it's premium. Yeah, premium real estate. I mean, it rains a lot in Melbourne, so the boxes get soggy, and I have to keep replacing them. And mm-hmm. yeah, so you've 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 uh, given me a place to live for the next indefinite period of time. Thank Lo- you. Location, 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 as they say. <laughs> That's yes. It. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so thank you very much, Neil, for your massive pledge. I mean, and, and to all our patrons as well. In the last week or so, we've had a massive surge in downloads. So it's been great that more of you are listening to us and we do appreciate it. Yeah. So if you are a new listener, hello, uh, go back through all of our old episodes and uh, enjoy. Before we get into uh, the reverse people, I just wanted to mention as well, uh, things are a bit tough at the moment financially and in a lot of other ways. So if uh, a couple of dollars a month is a bit too much for you to uh, afford to support us and you still want to show your support, uh, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you choose um, and just spread the word. That's that's awesome as well. That's all you can do. Well, that's many one of many things you can do. Indeed. Yes. Seinfeld-isms, my man, the intersection of daily life and Seinfeld and also the eponymous name of your huge Facebook group. Our Facebook group. Well, well yeah, our unofficial group. I mean, you started... You know, well after Bidmobas began, so it is kind of unofficial. But yes, I do help moderate as well, so I guess it is ours. But uh, what has happened to you in real life relating to Seinfeld? Well, this happened to my partner, but she gave me permission to use it. Nice. Uh, and it happened about half an hour before I left to come over here to record. Perfect. Perfect timing. Yes. Uh, she was watching The Nanny, and uh, one of the characters on The Nanny, Cece, uh, she happened to mention uh, Elaine and uh, Seinfeld. So... It was a bit of a, a meta gag because I don't know the the actress who plays Cece, but she's pregnant at well, she was pregnant at the time of filming that episode. Ah. And she uh she comes into Maxwell's office and she's like, I was just watching the latest episode of Seinfeld and you know, the the writers and the the directors on that show did a really bad job of hiding uh Elaine's uh, well Julia Louis Dreyfus's pregnancy. Mm. I can't remember what episode it is, but you know, there's one where she wears baggy clothes and has big bags, like the typical tricks they use to hide yeah. a, a pregnant belly. And the actress who played Cece was pregnant. And she was wearing like super baggy clothes yeah. and uh, had a big bag to obfuscate her pregnant belly. So it was a bit of like a meta self-aware joke. Uh, yeah. And they use Seinfeld as the example for for making it very obvious that she's pregnant. So uh, that was pretty cool. That's really cool. And and, and I'm guessing Niles came in with a huge zinger. Uh, no, he did before she mentioned Seinfeld. So okay. I don't know what happened in, in the scene leading up to it uh, or like why Niles was talking about his masculinity. But he was, uh, he was claiming that he was the most manly one in the room. So I don't know, maybe he felt emasculated by yeah. something. And he was declaring to Maxwell, he's like, I'm the most masculine person in the room. I'm the most manly person in the room. And then Cece walks in and he turns around and goes, until now. <laughs> until <laughs> and, now. And walks out. I and then, and then Cece just, talks yeah. about Seinfeld. I love when Niles just wrecks Cece. Yeah. Because yeah. Cece's like a pompous stuck-up kind of character. In yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Niles just brings her back down. Yeah, I mean, good. some of it's very mean-spirited, but, oh, it, yeah. but it is good to see her cut down to size and, you know, <laughs> brought down a peg or two. Yeah, exactly. So they end up getting married, so it they, works out. They do, which is really strange. So they've always had a thing for each other. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. I think I think all the, uh, the the quips at each other is just uh, unreleased and unresolved sexual tension. <laughs> I think so. So there's two romances in that show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, I have no uh, Seinfeld news myself, buddy, but uh, Seinfeld news, there is a, a big, big incident that happened with a previous uh, alumni from Seinfeld. Very sad news. I mean, there's all these actors from Seinfeld dying lately. I mean, rest in peace, uh, Richard Hurd, who played Mr. Wilhelm. He passed away this week. Yeah, so he died at the age of 87. He uh, unfortunately passed away from cancer. Uh, he died in Los Angeles. He was surrounded by family, which is uh, really sad. I mean, we had uh, Jerry Stiller a couple of weeks ago and uh, Sam... Sam Lloyd. Sam Lloyd a couple of weeks before that. Mm. Now Richard Hurd. So hopefully there's no more passings because uh, 
they're all dropping off. Yeah, very sad. It's just they're all happening in such quick succession. Yeah. Uh, I did want to read one little uh, quote from The Hollywood Reporter. They interviewed Heard at some point in the past and they asked him about the uh, audition for Seinfeld. And he said that, quote, it was easy, it was fun, and it was very inviting. And as I left, I turned around and said, look, I have to tell you this. I hope it doesn't make a difference, but I'm a Red Sox fan, <laughs> which uh, is quite funny because he, in the show, he works for the Yankees. And he said that all the writers jokingly threw their scripts at them because they're probably uh, Yankees fans. Yes. And uh, he thought that that might have jeopardized his uh, his audition. But the next day they called him up and said, you got the role. You got the role and a great choice. Yeah. So I thought that that was a cool little, uh, little story that he told about. Uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some really nice moments with him as Mr. Wilhelm as well. Yeah. My and name is Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did talk about uh, Wilhelm uh, back in our What's the Deal with the Yankees staff episode. Again, way back in our feed. So go back and listen to that where we talk about him in great detail. Yeah, absolutely. What other news do you have, bud? Uh, so from death to, I guess, a celebration in a way. It was John Cheever's birthday uh, on May 27. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So John Cheever was a writer and he was also the namesake for season four's The Cheever Letters, which was the, I guess, the sequel to The Bubble Boy. Uh, he did pass away in 1982, but uh, I just saw a little alert saying it was John Cheever's birthday. And I'm like, we'll have to include that just to uh, lighten it up a bit. I fear my orgasm has left me a cripple. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great episode. Nice. Uh, third bit of news uh, and final bit of news, uh, Jason Alexander. Um, he, amongst many other talents, he's a singer and an actor and uh, you know a political commentator and just all sorts of things. He's also a really fantastic poker player, it turns out. Mm. He won the King's Celebrity Poker Challenge and he won 125 grand, which is being donated to charity, so he didn't take the money himself. Um, he defeated comedian and actor Kevin Pollack, Pollack mm-hmm. in the final and you can uh, check it out on the Twitch channel for the poker tournament and we'll have a link for that down uh, in our show notes if you want to check that out. Very nice. So if you have the patience and the wherewithal to watch people play poker, if that's your thing, it's uh, there for you viewing well there's no sports in america going on at the moment i mean we have rugby league going on now and afl australian rules football is starting i think in a week or two but uh there's no sports in the u.s did you see that thing with rugby league they've got like a like a competition like a you know to get fans involved you can take a photo of yourself and send it into the rugby league to like your club and they'll make a life-size cutout and put it in the stands of you so you're like you know attending the game nice and because it, it's not very regulated, like people are just sending in random photos. And uh, apparently the first game, the camera, they did like a camera shot of the crowd and a bunch of people spotted uh, a cutout for some like massive, uh, for some mass murderer from the, like a serial killer or a mass murderer yeah, from right. the, I think from London, <laughs> from like the 90s. Someone put it up. Yeah. Oh, it was like a mug shot, you know, but like if you're just scanning through the crowd, it just looks like a face in the crowd. But obviously people, you know, they, they knew his face and they were like, hang on a minute. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. They, they need uh, to moderate that a bit i think so yeah i'm sure they'll have to tighten up their protocols now that you know people are sneaking in uh serial killers into into the crowd absolutely but yeah i mean there's no other sports so if you want to watch poker go on his twitter account and watch it that's true Mm. or you can just watch i don't know 90s basketball yeah, that's Watch it. Shaq. Or the Last Dance documentary. That's true. That's it, yes. Yeah. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, buddy. Let's take a really quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about the Reverse Peephole's secondary characters. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, 
I do not want to be a secondary character. The Reverse Peephole was Season 9, Episode 12 of Seinfeld, and this first aired in the US on January 15th, 1998. Directed by Andy Ackerman and written by Spike Ferriston, another Spike-written episode. Uh, Jerry, George, Elaine, and Putty get invited to Joe Mayo's party. Joe Mayo is played by Pat Finn. Elaine throws Putty's fur coat out the window. Kramer and Newman put reverse peepholes in their apartment door so they can see if anyone is in their apartment before entering. The super, his name's Silvio, he's played by John Polito, tries to evict Newman, but Kramer sticks up for him. Newman begins a secret love affair with his wife Svetlana. I didn't actually get the name of the actress, funnily enough. Oh. She wasn't in the credits. So oh, that's weird. right. You know, it's probably like the, probably one of the crew or something. Yeah. Uncredited. Yeah, they forgot to cast it five minutes before shooting. They're like, hey, you, yeah. <laughs> do you want to come and act for 30 seconds? And let's give her like a Russian bride name. What's yeah. the one of it? Svetlana. Yeah, they're like enough. either Svetlana or, you know, Natasha. Yeah, because she's much younger than Silvio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we can assume that might be the case. Kramer gets worried about this. Uh, Newman finds Putty's fur in a tree and George winds up paying for a massage chair because his back is tweaked from his very fat wallet, which he's put lots of papers and stuff in for many, many years. Hard candy, sweet and lows, Irish money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you going to go to Ireland? Uh, yeah, a token. I might visit one day. A, a token t- for a free Save the Whale posters. From Save the Tiger poster Save the Tiger from posters. Exxon in the Orlando area. <laughs> yeah. like, How did he even get that? Oh, no he's idea. never visited Florida. <laughs> no. Maybe... Maybe he went down there. I oh, know his parents don't live down there. No, I don't they know. don't. No. Yeah, Who knows? I don't know how he got that. Well, they were in Del Boca Vista, I think, for what a week before they moved back. Yeah, but so that's maybe... not near Orlando. No, probably not. Don't Who know. Knows? Who knows? <laughs> Mystery. Uh, Jerry carries a purse and wears a fur to fool the super, and he gets robbed on the street. Other secondary characters are Jeanette Robbins. She plays Jerry's episode girlfriend, Kerry. Lauren Bowles. She's a Julie Louis Dreyfus's real life half sister. She plays the waitress once again. She appears in several episodes. And uh, Fitz Houston, he plays the cop in the final scene where Jerry's purse is stolen. Some trivia for the reverse peephole, my friend. Did you know the working title of this episode was The Man Fur? I actually prefer that. (laughs) Yeah, that would have kind of worked. Yeah. It's almost a bit like a double entendre as well, a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Man Fur, I don't know, it just sounds a bit... I don't yeah. know, sexualized it and sort yeah, of yeah. yeah. I think anything to do with like fur or hair, you know, is a bit like murkiny or mm, yeah. yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas the reverse peephole, it's only featured like twice in the episode. It's not yeah. really a big plot point. No, really. I mean the only the only importance it has to the plot is that it gives a reason for Silvio to evict Newman and then uh, Kramer, but it doesn't factor in too much into the story. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jerry references the phrase "getting jiggy with it." It was a reference to uh, Will Smith's late '90s song "Getting Jiggy with It" when he was a rapper. Yeah, usually mm. the references that uh, Jerry and George or any of them make are a bit like old, like you know the the act the actors and TV shows and things that they would have grown up with, not something as contemporary. I think that came out around the same uh, year, like 97, 97 98. 98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was a weird reference. Like, it was was cool, but it was just like, usually you reference stuff from like the 70s or 80s. Or maybe because Jerry, he he did the music for Joe Mayo's party, he probably knew he couldn't do like old timey tunes. Yeah. To throw like current, and I I mean current, quote unquote, uh, bangers. And I think at the time that was probably a banger. So he played that to get people going. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's how we knew it. Speaking of obscure references, uh, Elaine says to, uh, that Putty is, quote, strutting around like he's Stein Erickson. Uh, now, I didn't know who he was before this episode, but uh, 
In case you're curious, he was, or maybe is, an alpine ski racer and Olympic gold medalist uh, from Norway. Yeah, that is a really obscure reference. Yeah. I had to Google that as well. I'm like, who? What? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was fam- Maybe he wore like big jackets or something. <laughs> oh, maybe. Don't know. <laughs> who knows? Maybe in that time he was famous. You know, yeah, maybe he was a bit of a fashion icon or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? I've but yeah, a, a very like. strange reference. Yeah, very weird. I guess if you're into winter sports, you understand who it is. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Mayo, the real life one, or, or actually the character Joe Mayo, rather, he's named after a real life crew member from the show. He was listed as a utility person in the credit of the previous episode, but he's not included as crew in this episode. The actual Joe Mayo in real life, he makes a cameo in this episode. Uh, he's the guy with the mustache who gets scolded by Putty for putting his drink on the stereo. Because ah. that's uh, Putty's job is to get people to not put drinks on the stereo. Yeah. So yeah, and he does it. Huh. And he's the guy that Putty yells at, uh, gets yelled at. Uh, no, yells at him. Yeah. Yep. That's him. Oh, yeah, he's the real life Joe Mayo. Cool. <laughs> cool. Nice. Yeah, That'd really be cool. an awesome legacy to have. It'd be like, uh, even a, you know, a, a small... I would say insignificant secondary character is named after me. Yeah. Like you're forever, you're forever immortalized in Seinfeld. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be really cool, even for like a couple of seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah it works. During the original airing of the episode, uh, Jason Alexander uh, was actually in a commercial for the Intel Pentium 2 processor. <laughs> nice. So oh, Pentium 2. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I remember when the Pentium 2 came out. If you had one of those, you were like fucking Elon Musk or something. You, you were, like, were, man. Yeah, you were like, Jesus, like, you know, you can time travel or something. Yeah, was, exactly. yeah. Yeah, 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 and you'll you probably fly like, space with it. Yeah, 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 but looking back, yeah, yeah, yeah I think it, it barely runs Age of Empires <laughs> these days. <laughs> Definitely not Age of Empires two. No, no, <laughs> the first one for yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe absolutely. I'm like six forty by six forty graphics. <laughs> oh yuck! Those are the days, and we used to think that was cool. Yeah, that was other huge graphics at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, crazy. it'll be interesting to to you know, hear what our kids think of technology today that we think is cutting edge. Well, that is cutting edge, but, you know, in 20, 30 years, we'll just be... Virtual reality? Yeah. sucks. (laughs) You don't have to wear something? Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that from Back to the Future 2? Yeah, yeah, The kids are like, you have to wear something? That's a baby's game. That's a baby's game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good. And that was, what, the year 2015, wasn't it? Uh, 16? Yeah. Yeah, around that time. Yeah, and he's playing the the Western, like, shooting game from 1985. And it's like an antique. Yeah. It's like in a retro cafe. Yeah, 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 of course. And just one more bit of trivia. So Jeanette Robbins, the actress who plays Kerry, uh, who says that his pants are nice at Joe Mayo's party. Uh, she was ironically in a Dockers commercial in the 90s where she's on the subway, sees a guy, they get separated and she mouths the words, nice pants as the train pulls away. Ah, pants, 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 yeah, that's pants. It. Pants, 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 Dockers, yes. Nice. So she was, the actress was in a commercial for that. Ah, yeah, there okay. you go. Cool. Anyway, let's jump into the reverse people, my friend. Who shall we talk about first? Uh, let's talk about Silvio. Silvio, one of your favourites. I'm. I just have a feeling, like, when I watch this episode, I'm like, Silvio, I think you're going to speak really highly of him. I do like Silvio. You do, yes. He's played by the actor Joe Polito, known for the films The Big Lebowski. I knew he looked familiar. The Crow and Barton Fink. He passed away in 2016, age 65, in California. Yes, so Silvio, he uh, was Harold and Manny at the time, several seasons ago, where the supers are the building, so they obviously moved along, and there'd probably be another supers between now and then, and Silvio is the next to come in. Yeah, I always thought, I mean, we don't really have superintendents here in Australia. And I think we've talked about it before. Probably when we were talking about Harold and Manny, we were like, you know, sort of like trying to figure out what supers are, what they did. Maybe they just, maybe that, maybe that is a normal thing in America where supers like come and go pretty quickly. I always thought that they like stayed with the building forever. Not forever, but like that they had a bit more longevity. But mm. I don't know. Obviously, something about uh, West 81st Street, <laughs> you know, they uh, they cycle through pretty quick. Yeah, that side of town. Or I, mean, I don't know, maybe Silvio was doing other things and then he decided 
to become a super. Yeah. Yeah. You could have. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, Silvio is a very sweaty man. Very sweaty, and he's got that comb over too. Yeah. <laughs> that really yuck comb over. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like a stereotypical bad comb over. Yeah. And it like starts at the back behind the right ear, <laughs> and it kind of goes forward. But to the side, it, like a diagonal comb over. It's yeah, it's very strange. Do you remember that uh, comedian? Uh, I think Gary McDonald, his name is, and his character yeah, Arthur, was uh, Arthur, no, Norman Gunston. Norman Gunston. Yeah, yeah, he had that kind of like comb over too. That yeah, bald he the, head with the hair around it, and then that yuck comb over going over the baldness. Yeah, yeah. If you're and Aussie he, and you were born in like the '60s, the '70s, you probably know. Yeah, he played. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the character's name, but he was the son in Mother and Son. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he had uh, Norman Gunston. His character had like the the little toilet paper things on his on his face. Oh, to, yeah, because he cuts to, himself shaving. Yeah, yeah like yeah, you know, yeah, he had like it. pretend shaving cuts, and he had little bits of toilet paper with like half soaked blood on there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, our non-Australian listeners are probably like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But if, uh, yeah. yeah, if you want to know, just type Norman Gunston into YouTube, and uh, I think there's clips of him there. Yeah, of but course. yeah, very Australian, very eighties. It's I, I think it's one of those things that looking back, you're like, this hasn't aged very well. Yeah, it's not very because cringe. it's inappropriate, but just because it's I don't know, it's just not very funny. It was a different time. Australia was more innocent with the comedy, you know, yeah. more naive. Yeah, so, uh, recently, yeah. complete tangent, but uh, I watched uh, on YouTube, I sort of went down a rabbit hole and uh, I got stuck watching Comedy Company, which was like an Australian skit show in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it set up the careers for like a lot of like really still successful Australian actors and comedians and stuff. Um, and one of the characters on there is, uh, what's her name? But she's like a bratty little girl and she's like, yeah, and then my parents did this. It was like oh, so embarrassing. I, I, can oh. picture, I can picture she's got like the freckles and the Yeah, she's got like freckle, hey, yeah, freckles yeah, yeah, and she yeah. like chews a gum and, and she plays it. like a schoolgirl. It's like school Kylie yeah, yeah. Slag or Kylie Kylie Rag. I mean, Kylie Slag. Kylie, yeah. Kylie Rag. That Some, name sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, at the time, I remember watching it as a kid thinking it was hilarious. But looking back now, it's just like... Ugh, and then is... you have Con the Fruiterer. Yeah, well. which... Yeah. <laughs> which is like an Aussie white guy playing an ethnic guy. Which yeah. these days, that kind of comedy doesn't work. No, it, it wouldn't yeah. work. But, you know, you watch it, you think, oh, this must be like... You know, sometimes you watch that old stuff and you're like, this is still great. Like, it's still yeah. really, really good. You watch Con the Fruiterer or Kylie... Slap. Kylie Mole. Oh, That's Kylie her name. Mole. Kylie Mole. Kylie Mole. Yeah, 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 I thought I knew it was some derogatory term. Right, right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and it's just like they're not even telling jokes. It's just the character is the joke. Yeah. And it's just not funny. It's it was just a different like, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, anyway, back to uh, <laughs> Sylvia. Yes, and the reverse peephole. Yeah. He, at first, um, because Kramer installs the reverse peephole, and you think Silvio, he did like get in trouble by, from Silvio, but Silvio, you know, he's a bit upset at first, but then he lets Kramer go. I think, because we have mentioned in several episodes that Kramer gets along with all the oddball characters. Maybe him and Silvio get along really well, but Silvio has it in for Newman, because as soon as Kramer, as soon as Kramer mentions Newman, Sylvia's like he's in trouble. Yeah, so he's always he's been probably wanting to kick out Newman for a long time. Just doesn't like him. Yeah, I think he he's a very like suspicious kind of like wouldn't say paranoid, but he's just like he he thinks everyone's up to something. He's a very suspicious man. Mm, yeah. Um, and you know Newman is a bit of a schemer. So you know you combine a schemer with a with a semi paranoid, curious sort of guy, and yeah things going to happen. So, it, 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 yeah, to me, it makes sense that he wants to kick out Newman. And like you said, Kramer gets along with all the weirdos of life. And yeah, the, the fact he holds Kramer in high esteem, he obviously gets along with him. And, uh, you know, he, he likes him well enough that his word is enough to convince him not to kick out uh, Newman. Yeah. You know, he's like, okay, well, you you know, you you back him. So that's fine. I won't kick him out. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, obviously him and Kramer have a good relationship, but yeah, he just doesn't like Newman. Yeah, which is fair enough. Which is fair enough. Newman's I think, an asshole. Yeah, yeah I, th- anyway. I think that that is a reasonable, reasonable 
questionable position to have. Mm-hmm. If I knew both of them, I'd be like, Kramer's is weird, but I love him. Yeah. Newman, no. Do you <laughs> He's th- slimy and creepy. He is. Do you think Silvio was ever married? Because he he has a very, a much younger, I assume, Eastern European wife. Uh, her name's Svetlana. Guessing, I think male order brides from Russia were like a thing in like the 80s and well, 90s. Well, they still are a they thing. They still are. I don't think they they're were as like common. more mainstream in like films. Like I remember there were films in like the 90s and 2000s where people would get Russian male order brides and yeah. always from Russia and that area. You yeah, know, I, th- I like think the idea of the, a male order after bride. After the wall fell, you know? Yeah, I think yeah, the idea yeah, of yeah. like a male order bride, uh, you know, uh, marrying or like being brought by like a like a lonely sort of more wealthy guy was, yeah, like a very 90s yeah, humor point. Yeah, yeah, it was like a trope in, in humor, yeah. Um, So I'm guessing like maybe he's either divorced or widowed or maybe never married. Like he seems like a real seedy guy. Maybe yeah. he just never was married and he's just like a real, you know. He never does anything creepy, but he's just got, I think, I think it's the comb over. I think it's just he visually comes across as a bit of a creep. Yeah, he doesn't like, look very appealing. No, but yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't, he never does or says anything creepy to anyone. Um, I mean, he's angry and he's weird, mm. but he's not, he, he's never like oversteps a line. Yeah, I, I'm going to say he wasn't, ma- he's never been married. And, you know, when he discovered that he could, he was probably reading some weird magazine and like on the back page, there was an ad for mail order brides. And he's like, that's for me. That's for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously Svetlana, you know, she probably just is uh, sees it as an opportunity to escape a, I guess, a less uh, less privileged life into, you know, coming to America. And obviously she doesn't love or respect Silvio. Oh, definitely not. You know, I mean, Newman is not a standard of person that most people would want to have sex with or do anything <laughs> with. So the fact that she cheats on Silvio, who's quite gross himself, mm. and Newman is her step out of that, it's yeah. like, obviously she just doesn't, like, she, she wants to get away from Silvio and Newman's good enough. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that, that to me demonstrates her lack of love or respect or care mm. uh, about him. So I don't think it's a marriage based on love. And the fact that they're floating behind his back, literally behind his back as yeah. Kramer's talking, <laughs> talking to him, it's just, it's nuts. I love when Kramer's cigar falls out of his <laughs> yeah. mouth and that moment where Michael puts the cigar back in his mouth, but he puts like the lid end in his yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So good. Yeah, it <laughs> reminds nice me of when he drinks comedy. beer with the with the cigarette. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, nice bit of physical comedy from Michael. That was a good moment. Yeah, uh, but Silvio. Yeah, I, I mean, he was. Uh, yeah, he's just. I think it's the first time and the last time we ever see him. On yeah, the show. they don't even really mention him. No, nah, he's just never seen again. And uh, yeah, he has that power over Newman and Kramer. Yeah, look, I'm going to guess that when Silvio got to the bottom of Svetlana's infidelity, that he would have divorced her or, or kicked her out. Um, you know, and maybe would have moved on. I reckon mm. he's a bit of a, a building super hopper. Yeah, but they say, but, but they name drop Joe Mayo and he actually goes to beat up Joe Mayo mm. uh, behind the scenes. He could have been arrested. Oh, maybe, yeah. You know? Yeah, probably went to jail. Yeah, yeah maybe. Probably say so. And probably Svet, really Svetlana's like, I'm free. Yeah, that's you know, it. And based on, uh, you know, I'll divorce and take half his stuff and I got it made. That's it. As she said, she's made in America. That's it. <laughs> very good, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, Sylvia's a very angry, vengeful, vindictive guy. Yeah, well. and he, he seems to really, uh, he, he seems to like be really insecure about people who maybe are a bit vain or, or you know have a bit of like a public profile especially when he mocks jerry with yeah code, oh look at me kiss me love, love me kiss. kiss me you won't judge me you know all those kind of things yeah you definitely what we it call seems to be a sore point for him a sore point yeah it must be something maybe he had Maybe he went to like go maybe, visit someone famous or he, he ran into someone famous and tried to talk to them and they snubbed him. And then that was, to him, that was what all famous people are like. They're all vain, arrogant people who won't talk to the common man. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he had an experience like that. Yeah. He either had yeah. a bad experience with someone famous or maybe he has, you know, ambitions that were failed. You know, maybe he's, again, he's not very visually appealing. <laughs> maybe, you know, that 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 caused a bit of uh, difficulty in him, you know, becoming an actor or someone 
you know, where, where beauty is a is a is an important standard. Mm. Um, well, at least back then. Yeah, at yeah, least yeah, back yeah. then. So, uh, well, I mean, it still is. You know, most actors and actresses are stereotypically hot. Mm. Let's face let's face it. It yeah. definitely helps. Sure. But yeah, it, it, the bitterness comes from somewhere, and I think both of us are potentially right. You know, either a, a bad experience with a celebrity or failed dreams. You can go either way. Yeah, on that one. for sure. Yeah. Do you have Ma- any other notes on him? Uh, no. No, I, I did like Silvio, though. I was trying to figure out his accent. I mean, Silvio is an Italian name, but he didn't sound very Italian. He yeah. kind of sounded like Eastern European-y, Russian-y no, or something. Like, I would have said maybe Italian, but maybe naturalized. Like, maybe his okay. parents came to America. Yeah. And he's kind of like, you know, the second generation Italian-American, right. maybe. Yeah. And because he, he's been around the Italian family, he's got the Italian accent, probably learned... Italian first like I have a lot of relatives older relatives who are born in Australia but they learned Italian first right like my yeah my, my for my parents Italian was their first language gotcha but they were born here and then they had to learn English right when they were young you know okay. it's probably like that or maybe he's just developed the accent right as well and he's just got like wisps of it that's my guess I mean okay. no, no there's not many Russians called Silvio that's true yeah I don't know that's true that's my I don't know he just it, the way he spoke didn't sound typically especially like American Italian I think it was meant to be like generic you know ethnic yeah. old middle aged to old guy Guy, yeah, like know. weird ethnic guy. Yeah, yeah that's it. With yeah. the comb over and the... That's it. The stereotypical and the, the look. And, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, the look. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll talk about Joe Mayo. Yep. Uh, he's played by Pat Finn. He's known for the TV show The Middle, and he's also appeared in the film It's Complicated. Uh, I feel with Joe Mayo, he's a very lazy guy. He just gets things, people to do things that he wants, but I think he's got enough charm to win them over. I think, you know, if I tell people to do something, you know, and they can they can just rebel or tell me to get stuffed or whatever, but, you know, if, if, if I or anyone had a particular charm, you know, maybe they'd be won over and they'd say, okay, yeah, I'll do this for you. So yeah. he's got that kind of charm, that charisma about him. Good looking guy. Obviously, he, he seems to, you know, he's got his own apartment in New York. So he's probably, it's a bigger pr- apartment than Jerry's. It's yeah, Jerry like, actually comments it's yeah, a nice apartment. It's got like two bedrooms at least. So it's like big deal in, in Manhattan. So he's probably on good coin as well. And he can afford fur coats <laughs> as well. That's true. So, and he's just a charming guy. And he he manipulates people and takes advantage of them to get them to do things that he doesn't want to do. you say manipulates or he's just a good delegator? Maybe he works in like a management position and oh, he's just really yeah. good at like getting people to do things for him. But he doesn't seem to manipulate them. He just oh, okay, he asked true. them, yeah, he he asked asked them, them very up front. Yeah. He's like, hey, do you mind doing this thing? Okay. Yeah, that's um, true, actually. Yeah, you know, no, he's not manipulative yet. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's aware, though, that I think he's self-aware enough to know that he is charming and that he can convince people to do things that they ordinarily wouldn't do. But it doesn't seem to last very long because Elaine bitches about him. She's like, yeah. I hate Jermaine's parties. He, parties. He always asks people to do things. Well, Elaine's always been a rebel. That's so true. She, if any of the core four were to break, or well, the three of them in this case, it'd yeah. be her. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Joe Mayo, um, yeah, I nothing else. I mean, we uh, we don't really know too much more about him after this scene. We find out that Silvio beats him up. <laughs> they name drop Joe Mayo as sleeping with Svetlana, even though it's Newman. And uh, yeah, I, I guess he probably got beaten pretty badly. And yeah. maybe it affected his face. Maybe he's not as charming and good looking as he used to be. Or maybe he's so charming and good with words, he convinced, he talked Silvio down. Like Silvio banged on his door, you know, like, come out here. And uh, he came out and... You know, he he, he uh, de-escalated the situation just with his charm and, yeah. you know, and he's got Silvio doing, like, yard work for him. He's like, hey, do you want to come around here and, uh, you know, shovel my ice from my footpath? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Silvio's yeah. like, of course. Yeah. And then, can you clean my apartment? <laughs> yeah. And Silvio's like, yeah, cool, no worries. Yeah. Yeah. And send your wife over. Oh, and Silvio's no. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool, cold. 
<laughs> oh my god anyway yes no i don't think that happened no uh but no joe may a very charming guy and uh, I, I think you're right he's not manipulative he, he didn't have like a benevolent reason to do these things or a minute malevolent i should say sorry. yeah uh, no he was benevolent he was benevolent yes <laughs> yeah no, not, not malevolent sorry yeah, i knew what you meant yeah yeah and uh, yeah he probably yeah maybe he does work in upper management or some kind of in finance or something and he's able to you know manage people yeah and, I think, and, and I he's think a he's very likable boss yeah, I think he's just good at being. He he seems like the sort of person that in a social situation, um, or you know, in any group of people, he would be one of the the leaders. Mm. You know, just those those people who have the natural charisma to just be the be the leader or be the alpha of a group just through their personality. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's like that. Absolutely. Anyway, do you have any other notes on? No, Joe? that's it. All right, and last character and. and- not really much to work with here. Uh, Kerry, she's played by Jeanette Robbins. Uh, she only has three acting credits. Oh. She was in this episode of Seinfeld. She was in an episode of Friends. And uh, she played herself in an episode of The Larry Sanders Show. Okay. And that's it. Oh. That's all she has. And okay. she's been like modeling and been in commercials, like I mentioned earlier. Well, she probably just wanted to dabble and thought, no, it's not for me. Yeah, that's it. Gave it a go and, uh, and that was it. I think Seinfeld might have been her last appearance. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to go out. Uh, absolutely. But anyway, yeah, Kerry, I mean, she's not really, uh, I mean, she's in the, the story. But she, she comes really... in right, sort of like in the third act. Yeah, she comes yeah, she in really does. late. She does, yeah. I mean, she comments on Jerry's pants that she likes them. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, and she knows Joe Mayo. You know, probably just mutual friends. Maybe they dated. I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's just she's more of like a bridge between him and Joe Mayo and and also Jerry before he gets the carry all from Peterman he carries all the stuff and she doesn't have much stuff you know no. a few little things but she has I a lot she, of keys though oh she does have keys what are you a medieval dungeon master <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good, good line. line good line yeah yeah I, I mean yeah, I, I don't really have any. She else. was all, as a character in the episode, in terms of like serving a purpose for the script or the storyline. She's kind of redundant. Yeah, like they, they could probably have, didn't even need her. No, you know? yeah. no, no. I don't know. Maybe they were just like, we just need uh, Jerry's girlfriend. I mean, her only real purpose is relaying the message that her job was to keep Jerry away from the music. Like it sort of sets up that little joke. And then that's the reason why, you know, Jerry is upset at Joe Mayo now because he's like, well, anyone and, and he doesn't want to buy the buy the chair. So she sort of set up that joke, but they could have even set up that storyline without her being the person to tell Jerry that. Yeah, I mean, that's um, true. I mean, yeah. And also, I, I think they also wanted to use her to show that when Jerry, before he gets the carry-all, he has to carry all the things in his pockets. Yeah. But then the next scene shows him with the carry-all. Yeah. And so she goes, oh, do you have my lipstick? Yeah, here it is. And he does, obviously, that 90s feminine, you know, that kind of, he does that, oh, I just can't find anything in here. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Pretending to be like feminine, yeah, know, like that kind of humor. Uh, yeah, it's a stereotype that, like, you know, very women, feminine women, men, like, yeah, you know? or like yeah, women, yeah. women, and also that like women lose everything in their bags. That's They're just right. bottomless pits. Yeah, and he does, which that they are. Line. Yeah, yeah. So I guess she's kind of used for that as well. Yeah, and it kind of shows that Jerry's becoming more feminine, and he looks very. Like a like a He's lady, a fancy boy, a fancy boy, yeah, like a lady <laughs> with his fur coat and, yeah. and purse, yeah. at men's carryall. But in Europe, the carryalls are common thing. Yeah, you know, lots well, of men they're, have them. Yeah. They're common now, like little satchels yeah. or like over the shoulder bags and stuff. But uh, when I was in Europe, every nearly every man had them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like a wallet. It's not a purse. It's European. It's European. I, I like how Jerry, you know, when he's playing along with Kramer, he wears the coat to, to convince Silvio that it was his coat that uh, he found when he's like, when Elaine comes up and he's like, oh, wow, you've got the coat. That's great. And he's like, it's not Joe Mayer's coat. It's my coat. Yeah. I'm a fancy boy. I'm a fancy boy. <laughs> that's it. And I love when Kramer says, hey, look, Silvio, isn't he such a fancy boy? And then Jerry's like, maybe this is not my coat. And then Kramer's like, all right, all right, all right. All right you're not a fancy boy. You're not boy. a fancy boy. You're not a fancy boy. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I love that last scene. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that's all the secondary characters today. Actually, no, sorry. I correct that. I have a couple of notes on Putty. Oh, yeah. Okay. Played by Patrick Warburton, of course. Yeah. He seemed like extra dumb in this episode. Like, he is pretty doughy. <laughs> but even like him when he touched, you know, like normally he's just kind of 
kind of vacant. He's just like, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you can sometimes there's a few cogs that are turning on, uh, turning upstairs. But in this episode, he just seemed even more dopey. For yeah. some, I, I don't know. There was just extra dopiness there. I think the eight ball jacket in the post credits scene probably cemented it. Yeah. 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 Is that the only time we see that eight ball jacket? Does it appear again? Because it's, I mean, it's such a classic, like, David Putty ism. You know, like, ism, like part of <laughs> yeah, his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's only in, like, one scene, like, right at the I'm end. I'm sure we see it again. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Season nine isn't quite as memorable as the others for me. No, yeah, no, no. no. Uh, I'm sure it's in there. Yeah. But that's all I had. Yeah, excellent. Anyway, let's take a really quick break. We're going to find out where the reverse peephole sits in our episodes we have reviewed so far and if any of today's secondary characters make our top 20 secondary characters of all time. Ready to go? All set. I can't believe we're going dancing. You don't go that often? No, because it's so stupid. Shall we? Do me a favor. Can you hold this stuff for me? Compact lipstick, all this? And can you also carry my keys? What are you, a medieval dungeon master? And a tin of Altoids. So, Ivan, where did the reverse peephole appear in your episodes uh, list of episodes we've reviewed so far? Number 84 out of 129 okay. that we've done. So, I mean, I mentioned earlier that the reverse peephole is probably one of the better Season 9 episodes. And Season 9, I mean, it's not... We've mentioned several times it's not as good as the other seasons. So, for me, 84 is, like, good <laughs> for Season yeah. 9. There were some laughs, and I actually got a few chuckles. It was it was written well in, in most parts, and I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Silvio was a fun character. And uh, I, I like how there was actually some, you know, more coherence in this episode. It was like the plot... Because sometimes in season nine, the plots get a bit carried away and things go a bit like agwall. Yeah. I felt like, you know, things kind of worked really well. Like it all the subplots. It was a bit tighter. Like all the subplots kind of worked well together yeah. for the for the conclusion. And of course, Newman's in it. I love Newman and, and Putty's in it too. So yeah. it's always fun. Yeah. Uh, for this uh, episode, it appears at number 91. So similar positioning to you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, not too bad. I didn't feel like the whole episode like as a whole was great. But mm. there were some great parts in it. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah, Same the, fi- the final yeah. scene, I loved it. Yeah, I do love Silvio. But yeah, there was some there was some filler in there as well. Yeah, of course. I feel like it. Yeah, but but yeah, not a bad episode. Not bad. Yeah, there was more structure compared yeah. to other season nine apps. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, do any of today's secondaries make your top twenty? Uh yes, of course, Silvio. All right, one number. Uh, he appears at number eight. Oh, okay. Top yeah. 10. So pretty high up. Wow. Uh, I don't have my full top 10 list here. Um, I will correct that and mention them next week. But uh, number eight is Silvio. Number seven is I'm not sure. Number six is I'm not sure. <laughs> That's right. And my top five are Joe from The Mango, Eric the Clown from The Fire, uh, the record store owner from The Old Man, Frank Costanza, again, RIP Jerry Stiller, and... Uh, Tied for number one, Elton Bennis and Jack Lumpus. Yeah, and my top five hasn't changed since last week. Number five, Susan. Number four is Yevgasim, the soup Nazi. Number three, Uncle Leo. Number two, Frank Costanza, rest in peace, Jerry Stiller. And number one, George Steinbrenner. Nice. And yeah. does Sylvia doesn't appear in your top 20? No. <laughs> it was fun but not good enough to be in the 29th okay. yes and that was the reverse peephole thank you so much for listening next week is our 150th episode and we are celebrating by doing a two-part episode we haven't done one of these in a while the boyfriend from season three yeah we've because uh, we've done most episodes of seinfeld we were running low on like usually for our like 50th or 100th episode we always pick a classic like we've done uh the contest and uh what do we do i think we did the marine biologist for our 100th episode we did yeah yeah we were running low on like super classic episodes but uh uh, the boyfriend is as close as we got, and yeah, 
Can't wait to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Two-parter. Yes. And uh, you can follow us on social media at B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Email us if you want to say good day. Bidwabaskapodcast at gmail.com. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask. You get bonus content, early access to this episode, as well as some other nice, exciting things coming up. So check out our page and uh, you can sign up for a dollar or two a month in US and support us. Indeed. And make sure you check out our Seinfeld group, Seinfeld Isms. It's mm. now by far the biggest Seinfeld group on Facebook. So go on over and check it out and have some fun. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And we'll see you next week for our 150th. (laughs) 